whatever space you are in right now, do you feel safe? It's the mother of Ra, and you are listening to A Blunt in the Morning. Well, 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 we've found each other again. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever, wherever this podcast has found you. I hope you're doing well today. How is your heart doing? How is your mind doing? You already know I was going to ask you that. So as always, please take a moment to pause here if you need to reflect on how your mind or your heart is doing today. And I will be here when you get back. I promise. So on today's episode, I'm kind of doing a continuation of a throwback episode. Back in 2018, I recorded an episode called Safe Space, where uh, I talked about creating our own safe spaces, things that make us feel safe, not only physically, but things that make our hearts feel safe, things that make our minds and our souls feel safe, Um, and also how those spaces, they need to be portable, that we always can't be so comfortable in tradition and doing things the way that we used to them being done, because that might not work anymore and I thought 2020 being the tumultuous year that it has been presented a perfect opportunity to give you guys a safe space 2.0 so kind of an updated version on what I'm still doing to feel safe not only in my body but feel safe in my mind feel safe physically in my home and uh, that's what we're gonna talk about today okay So what I like to do is whenever I focus on a word or I focus on a theme, I like to look up what that word means. Uh, I have a dictionary.com app on my phone. I like to get words of the day just like everybody else because I think adding to your vocabulary is something to be adored and it's something that you should want to do. Not only does it make you uh, a more effective communicator, it helps you to get your point across more concisely instead of you being like, uh, for example, I'm really, really, really happy that the game is Saturday. You can be like, I'm ecstatic that the game is Saturday. I'm full of jubilation. Or you could say, I'm in dismay that the game is on Saturday. I have something to do. Vocabulary is huge and using those words properly is important. Even I know that I'm passionate with my words and I know that how we say things and the way that we say things can often be taken out of context. It can make us feel some type of way. So in order to ground myself, I go to the dictionary.com app. So here we go. Safe in the context in which I'm using it today is an adjective and it means secure from liability to harm, injury, danger, or risk. So secure from liability to harm, injury, danger, or risk. Example, a safe place. Somewhere essentially where you should be able to go and you will not be hurt. Uh, Another definition of safe is careful to avoid danger or controversy. So a safe player or playing is safe. Taking calculated risk. There's nothing wrong with taking risks per se, but they do need to be calculated or else you're just out here looking like a dumbass with no logic. And the last definition that stuck out to me was denied the chance to do harm. So for example, when they say a criminal is safe in jail, that means that outside in the outside world, 
the world's a little bit safer because this one person is now behind bars. They are safe behind bars. Thank you, DictionaryCom. DictionaryCom. Dictionary.com. That is what I needed. So what that lets me know is still that safety is not guaranteed. Nobody can guarantee your safety. Nobody can guarantee you feeling safe in your own home. Nobody can guarantee you feeling safe in your own mind. You can't guarantee safety. Safety, unfortunately, sometimes is just an idea. You can play it safe. You can decide to play it safe in life. Uh, You can choose to let people walk all over you. You can choose to not speak your mind. Also, playing it safe in life could be, like I said earlier, taking calculated risks. Not jumping off a cliff knowing good and damn well you don't have a parachute and also lastly location in a way can affect how safe you feel so where you are where you are like physically where you may be mentally may affect how safe you feel so safety is it's something that we all aspire to have I think it'll help you sleep better at night when you feel safe but at the end of the day we're responsible for how safe we feel We are. There is not a president that's going to make you feel safe. There is not a weight that's going to make you feel safe. There is not a pair of shoes that's going to make you feel safe. There's not a piece of property that's going to make you feel safe. Safety really comes from being internal. And you know what else? Safety requires work. When we think about feeling safe in a physical aspect, think about how we've all been at home because of coronavirus. Unfortunately, most of us have been in the house all fucking year. (laughs) We're doing fine. We're okay. We're okay. Lights, lights black. (laughs) But we've been in the house all, all fucking year. So my safe space has become my home. This is where I dwell most of the time. So I need to be comfortable. I like my space. I don't like people to invade my space. I like my space. So with coronavirus, in a way that we physically feel safe at home is when we come in the house, we're making sure we're spraying our shoes down, we're taking outside shoes off, leaving the outside shoes in the front. We all have house shoes, we all have socks and things we wear in the house, we make it a point to wipe down doorknobs, handles, things like that. Those are things that make us feel safer at home. Making sure we eat plenty of fruits and vegetables, making smoothies, Um, trying to eat lean, healthy meat, that's a way that we're making ourselves feel safe at home. Because no matter what, we have to make sure we protect our immune systems and we have to make sure that we're taking care of our bodies. That's a way to feel safe. Also, from a physical aspect of physically feeling safe at home is a way to protect yourself while you're at home. So some people have security systems. Some people have firearms. Some people have dogs. But even though their home may be in a safe neighborhood, they put that extra little bit of work in to get a security system. They put that extra little bit of work in to learn how to responsibly, responsibly handle and operate a firearm. They know how to, um, or they put in that extra bit of work to train their dogs to chew somebody's leg off if they come onto the property line and they're not supposed to. Those are all ways that we can physically feel safe at home. So if I put all that work into making my home feel safe from a physical aspect, 
and also from uh, a spiritual aspect. I'm a person who I believe energy, nasty energy can get trapped in places and you need to clear that energy out. So I make my home, uh, I try to make my home as tranquil as I can because I got to be in this motherfucker all damn day. That's what stay at home mom during coronavirus means. You in this motherfucker all damn day. So what I have to do is make sure my space is as nice as I can make it. So yes, I have my plants. Man, they're not just there for, you know, decoration. They all have attachments to I have attachments to all of them for different reasons but I also have them for healing reasons having plants in the home helps with oxygen helps with oxygen levels in your home helps to filter out toxins out of the air all of those things if you believe in um, if you're somebody who studies like uh, things along the magical realms some plants are known for good luck I have aloe in my home. Um, I have snake plants. We've got um, oh a money plant here in the home as well. In a way to in a in the way that I continue to make my space feel safe is to water those plants, speak positive things to those plants, in hopes that in return they will provide the good juju in my house. So after I put all that work into making my home happy, peaceful, tranquil, smelling good, vacuuming two, three times a week, one thing you're not going to do is interrupt or invade my safe space. So what I mean is don't show up to my fucking house. Yes, Mother of Ra is one of those people. I don't like unexpected visitors at my house. Okay? No, I don't care that you saw a car in the yard. I don't care that you were at Trader Joe's in the neighborhood. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Don't stop by my house. And I, I've always made it known, too, that I'm the type of person that doesn't like people to stop by my house. So if you decide to do it, you're just setting yourself up for your own feelings to get hurt. Don't show up to my house. You will be standing on the porch looking dumb. And my dog's at the door barking at you. You're going to be looking stupid. I don't just let random, you don't show up to my house. And definitely don't show up to my house, even if you were invited with somebody extra. That is a huge pet peeve of mine. Even if you get invited, unless I specifically tell you that it's a, a, a open situation or you can bring a plus one. If I'm expecting you to stop by, don't bring people with you to my house. Don't do that. Please. Because, see, I like to keep control of the, the energies and the things that's coming in and out of my home. Because those things affect me. I'm an empath. Those things affect me strongly. So now you and your friend standing on the porch looking dumb because you're trying to show up to my house. No, now you have to leave. And you may think that's harsh and you may think that's mean, but I know it's a whole lot of people out there like, yes, mother Ara, me too, bitch, me too. I hate it when people show up at my house. It drives me crazy. And I am such a hard ass now about my home being my safe space because I realized when my space was invaded, there was a time when my space did get invaded and I didn't like that shit. Y'all want a little story time right quick? I think we got time for it. A little story time right quick. So back when I um, lived downtown, 
there was a uh, a family member that came to stay with us, me and Chris, before we got married at my apartment, my loft. Now, before the family members moved in, I had already expressed that I was not, I was not too fond of that living situation like I I had sympathy and everything for what was going on but I personally was not going to be fond of that living situation simply because not only did I know our schedules would clash I knew the type of schedule that person was working and I knew what I was working and also I was concerned that our personalities would clash as well and I would be damned if I would be in my own fucking house biting my tongue in a building, I mean, in a space where I'm paying rent, where my name is on the lease. But long story short, they ended up moving in. It was a family member and their significant other. From the jump, it was a fucking problem, okay? I used to work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. when I worked at the hospital. It was a tiring, (laughs) tiring ass job. It was a very rewarding job, of course, but it was a tiring ass job and I liked my sleep. And I used to do doubles and triples sometimes, y'all. Back in my early 20s, I was crazy. I would work three 12s back to back. Boom, 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 boom. But you know what? That's fine. So what if I work three 12s back to back? That's the point of me having my own place and it be a nice and dark. And when I need to go to bed, I go to, I need to go to bed. When I need to get up, I need to get up. This particular family member moving in with us fucked up my schedule, okay? Fucked it up. I would get off at 7.30, maybe. It depended on how many people coded. It depended on how many people called out. depended on how many people didn't like their assignment. We used to have some real, some issues, okay? It depends. It's a hospital. You never know when you're going to be able to get off. So a lot of times it might be 8.30, 8.45 before I get home. By the time I eat, relax, shower, get in the bed, I'm ready to lay down because I know I got to get it up and be ready, energized to do it all the next fucking day. It was always a problem because as soon as I would get super comfortable in bed, here they come coming in the house, 11.30, 30, in the fucking morning. Now, I tried to go ahead and calmly say, now from the jump, this was what I was going to be concerned about. This is my issue. Do you know what the response was to me saying we got to work something out with this scheduling? The response was, well, you got to get some WD-40 for this door because the door is squeaking. Well, the door wouldn't be squeaking if you weren't bringing your black ass in and out of it late as fuck. And the dogs wouldn't be barking at the door squeaking if you weren't bringing your ass in and out my apartment late as fuck. So that was already about to be an issue. I expressed it to, to Chris. He expressed it to them. I didn't personally see any change. The last straw was it was middle of the night and the family member comes and wakes me and Chris up because their significant other had deleted them off of Facebook. Yes, I'm going to pause there for effect. Because their significant other had deleted them off of Facebook, you waking us up to talk to him, to make him, to, to, to do what? To make Chris do what? That was the last fucking straw because, see, this is my fucking apartment. And I knew, I knew how I was about my space. And I was at the point where not only was my space being invaded, my sleep was being interrupted, and I was being gaslighted. Because any type of issue that I brought up, it was never actually 
handled. So after that situation, there was a trip that I was gonna that I was going on a few weeks after that, and I said I told Chris at the time I said, look, cars on the table. When I go on my trip, I'm gonna enjoy my trip. I'm gonna have a good time because I deserve that shit. I've been looking forward to it all year. When I get back, they have to be gone. I'm not doing this. I have I've always had sympathy for people's situations, but like I talked about on. Um, a previous episode about practicing being nice over being kind. Me being nice is not getting me anywhere. And I made a decision then that I don't give a damn who it was, whose family member it was, who cousin, sister, uncle, whoever it was, that if I say no, nobody's coming up in my house, the answer is no, nobody's coming in my house. That's it, period, foot down, that's the end. And Chris and I have talked about it since then, and we've grown from it, and we discussed what happened and how that was not, we didn't handle that the right way at all, because we had a lot of, I had a lot of animosity towards him for a while because of how his family members were acting while they were in my house. I ain't like that shit. And so we talked about it, and there's no hard feelings at this point, but I, I now, I'm holding myself accountable. I'm not going to feel like that. I never, I was, I was, y'all, I was coming in my own apartment, grabbing something out the fridge and going locking myself in my room, in my own apartment. Nah, never again. So how dare, how dare anybody have the audacity to cross boundaries and to invade people's personal spaces or their safe spaces that they've created when they've put so much work into it? Not only are they putting work into it from getting their credit right, you know what I'm saying? Getting your credit right, getting a mortgage, paying homeowner's insurance. You, you doing all of this to keep up your home in a, in a physical aspect. And then on top of that, you, you're, you're cleansing your home on the inside. You have plants. You're making sure that you're doing things with intention to make sure that the vibe stays happy and uplifted in your home since we're in the house so much. You have absolutely every right to be upset whenever anybody invades your personal space. Uninvited. So the last thing I want to talk about, staying with the topic of feeling secure, creating safe spaces, is something that makes me feel safe in an emotional way as well as a physical matter too. And that thing is the ongoing conversation around consent that I have with my husband. Ooh, Mother Ra, we about to talk about something juicy? Yes, we're about to talk about something juicy. So, um, yes, we still have ongoing conversations around consent. Hold on, Mother Ra, hold on, time out. I know you was talking, but I got a question. You mean to tell me that you been fucking the same nigga for 10 years and y'all still talk about consent what is it that y'all gotta talk about what is it y'all gotta talk about good question i'm glad you inquired about that absolutely we're still talking about consent so let's go back to the past real quick full transparency when chris and i first started having sex as teenagers we had no idea what the fuck we were doing period point blank who does? You find out that porn is bullshit and that those sexual encounters don't really go down like that. That that is a fucking production, okay? But he never skipped a beat in making me feel safe. Even from the jump, it was always 
is this okay? Can I touch you there? Does that feel nice? Do you feel safe? And it was never prompted or anything. He's just always been that guy. So even as we got older and our adult years continue to have sex, continue to exper- experiment, try more stuff, absolutely, we continue to have conversations around consent, having a safe word. What is stuff that you're not comfortable with? Do you feel safe? Is this okay? It didn't matter at that point that we'd been dating and having sex for X amount of years. He still would check in with me as I would with him. Fast forward to now, and we've had Harrison, and we've been married for almost two years, and yes, we still have conversations around consent. Unfortunately, with my C-section, I have this whole nerve damage situation, and I I sexually can't do the things that I used to do from like a physical aspect. I can't ride for 30 minutes on end and stuff, shit like that. My body physically can't take it. But because we had already established those conversations around consent, our sex life has smoothly transitioned into still being fulfilling, even with me having nerve damage. Because we've become so comfortable with that conversation that now all it is is, you know, do you need to move your leg? Are you all right? Is this hurting you? Do we need to change positions? Do you need to take a smoke break? The dick will always be ready for you. That's really how seamless and how easy it is. And it's because we established that 10 years back down the road. And so our conversations around consent have not stopped. They've just simply evolved. Chris and I have been together for a really, really long time. And we communicate and we talk about the things that we like sexually and the things that we don't like sexually. And we, there is no judgment. And we talk about all of those things with each other and we're so comfortable because we have been talking about it for forever so it does not matter how long you've been with a person longevity in a relationship is never ever ever a reason to disrespect that other person's boundaries never ever I think it's um I've been disturbed for real, to see the amount of people who think, oh, if you've been with somebody for X amount of years or X amount of months, consent just be kind of comes this blurred line and it doesn't really matter anymore because we're together or because you're married, there doesn't have to be any conversations around consent. And that's bullshit. It's stupid. And quite frankly, it's assault. Okay. It does not matter if you've been with somebody 12 years, 13 years, 27 years, five months, two years. It it doesn't matter. There should always be active conversations to make sure that you and that other person feel safe or those other people. You know, I know people like to dibble dabble and a little, a little bit of everything. So multiple, even if it's other people, I don't care. Everybody needs to be on the same accord. Everybody needs to feel safe. So that's just my experience. That's how I feel about it. Um, I The reason I went ahead and added that at the end is because I saw uh, Amber Rose talking about... Um, I saw Amber Rose talking on Red Table Talk, and it really got me thinking that her interview is not the only interview or article or anything that I've come across where people 
aren't respecting consent and they're not respecting boundaries simply because they're married to someone or because they've been with that person for a long time. No, 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 no. So coming from someone who does have a very established sexual relationship, who, um, who's had sex a whole lot of times with this person who's had continuous access to have sex with this person yeah we're still we still have conversation around consent he has no issues at all making me feel safe and vice versa I don't see how y'all be talking about y'all love people y'all be trying to make people feel safe I mean that's a little suspect to me but you know whatever last puff of our blunt for this episode as always thank you thank you thank you for every single listen all of the support is greatly appreciated and by the way y'all liked ritual bath that was the previous episode i saw a spike in listens on that so if that's the type of content y'all like please let me know i could do another intentional bathing episode you know i don't mind doing that because i see that y'all like that and i'm gonna provide content that y'all like So if you do have a topic suggestion or uh, questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say hi because you think I'm cool, you can email me at mother.of.raw at outlook.com. Also, if you want to keep up with my daily shenanigans, cooking videos, um, cannabis advocacy, goofballness, all around badassery, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is just like my email, mother.of.raw. Also, if you are in the shopping mood during this cold season as it gets chilly, I've added some warm items to my Cozy Milf apparel store, Queen Size Organic, which you can get to directly from the link on my Instagram as well. So please, please continue to have a good week. Don't let the haters get you down. Stay fabulous. And don't you ever forget that that coffee always hits better with the blunt in the motherfucking morning. Mm-hmm.